Hello and welcome to the Gossip Stone podcast, where we cover the Ocarina of Time randomizer, where we focus primarily on racing and the competitive scene, as well as various other related topics for the community as a whole. So to introduce your host today, I'm Yoshi. I'm Riley. And we are joined today with very special guest, uh, Cubs Rules. Hey, uh, hello, my name is Cubs. I am uh, a moderator on the Ocarina of Time Rando Discord, as well as a... Uh, member of the staff for Zelda speedruns. And today we're going to be talking about the giant multi-world that happened over the weekend. Cubs uh, one of one of if not the main organizer for that, I want to say. Yeah, we're just going to call that a giant mistake and move on. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be going through the early stages of the prep for that through every trial and trouble that took place throughout uh, and kind of how things slowly fell apart as it went on and then picked back up into a pretty nice final result at the end. But before that, as always, we will be talking about the weekly races from the last week, as well as the Season 3 tournament races that have happened since the last episode. But for that, a quick shout-out to Shadow for being the behind-the-scenes text, editing, sounds, and being a cool guy. Alrighty, so to kick off this rando recap, the NA Weekly this week was ridiculous jet uh we had a sub 130 finish in first place from marco which is just unbelievable uh early choose easy to pick up bow early no matter which route you took you got a bow reasonably early with those choose and just basically went through your dungeons and found everything on the way after that one thing led to the next it I, I don't know how much you can even say about a one one hour thirty finish. Like, and it's not like it's just him that finished fast. Like, it's not like he got lucky. Like, oh, this was a linear jet scene that you could almost not get lost in type situation where everything is on the way. There's nothing that's like one off or something like that. There's like the bomb bag that was on adult shooting. I think that people never got because you didn't really need the bomb bag, and they got off on like ten or fifteen shoes the whole time. I think every single person in the race, like everyone had finished or forfeited within th before three hours. The the spoiler log was released sub three. The restream was done in sub two. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, this is also the second fastest time we've ever seen in randomizer. Right. So yeah. <laughs> everyone complains about trend seeds. Like, come on, it's great. Where's the problem? <laughs> Even a broken clock's right twice a day. <laughs> I guess that's it. So uh, the EU Weekly was <laughs> on the other side of the spectrum where it was a complete mess. We had a weightier Forest Temple really early. If you went there and dipped with, uh, with just Hookshot, you got Iron Boots and Zora Tunic right from the get-go. So you're like, okay, what can I do with this? Barely anything. It but the, the major thing of the seed is there's a unhinted strength too in a deep stone fire, which was not even hammer locked, so you completely got baited. There was a hint that hammer was in wasteland. So people were like, Oh, I probably might need that, so I'm not gonna touch fire I'm gonna not gonna touch stone fire until I maybe need this hammer. Because people don't really like dipping fire without hammer, especially when you know where it is. This was also 
pretty bad in terms like I think this is like the worst forfeit rate I've seen since the quals. Definitely up there is one of the worst I've ever seen for sure. Like a, over a third of people forfeited, which is absolutely insane. And for it not not to be something like a fifty skull all dungeons to have that kind of forfeit rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no frogs too. No, like it's just bad place item placement and a lot of bait because Water Temple had the fire arrows for that said hammer that a lot of people got, so they got baited all around the world for absolutely no reason. Longshot was in Goron City left side hammer maze, so basically got baited to everything. And the logic was so weird because those fire arrows, I think, were logically strength two locked in Water Temple because both longshots and hovers were not accessible. And the, the two, there's a small key on Bosky chest and on the central eye switch. So you could, those were actually strength two locked logically because I think hovers were in, uh, they were, yeah, adult spirit, the first, the boulder maze at the start. So. Strength two locked. Just a giant bait. <laughs> Whereas if you just go through fire, you're fine. But how many yeah. people are going to go through fire when you know where your hammer is? Like, Din's fire was strength two locked. Fire arrows, eh, you might not have realized they were. Um, So how many people are going to go, ah, oh, just, I'll just dip fire. From what I'm hearing as well, the people who did dip fire were like, well, I'm here early. I should go in and see if I'm hammer locked. And got bow locked instead. Yeah, you got bow locked, so it's very unlikely you go deeper if you dip it right away. Because you got Bolero somewhat early, I think. Might have been vanilla. I'm not sure. Anyways, it's not important, but yeah. <laughs> the seed was just bad. <laughs> they had magic and mirror shield in the end, of what, which is the actual way the hero in for us. Not the magic, actually, but mirror shield. The other magic was on hammer chest, so... But compared to the uh, the NA Weekly, we've got the same first place finisher, Marco winning again, in about double the time. <laughs> yeah, you could, he could have finished two of his yesterday's scene in the same time it took him to finish this week, which was a 253.42, which is higher than average nowadays, which is scary. Alrighty. So, season three races. There's uh, three for us to go over right now. Couple are coming up after recording before release, but got the three we'll kick off with, starting with Mr. Mario versus Gavaroni. Loser's bracket, which this sounds like, uh, on paper, this is a really, really interesting elimination match. I think they're two players who have very distinct styles and strengths, but are around the same sort of skill level. I'd agree, yeah. So, one of the biggest early things. Mr. Mario did early Deku and got a couple of bomb bags straight away, as well as a foolish market hint. So there's like little time saves early on. And yeah, you know, it's stuff that everyone will do at some point. It's just skipping over the market is like the nice time save there, I think. Ended up being meaning that Mr. Mario went into bottom of the well first, getting the hook shot and Din's fire about four to five minutes before Gav did. And they ended up basically going from there to Dodongo's Cavern, do all of that, go through Shadow, 
And it's at that point, like, they're still fairly even. There's one big decision that kind of swings the entire thing. Mr. Mario, about the 128 mark, does chickens. Gavaroni goes adult and goes to GTG. And it's basically, do you do you finish off your child checks and get everything out the way while you can? Or do you push your check density? So they got Ruto's letter in GTG, which ended up leading to Frogs 2, because of course it was a Frogs 2 seed. Yeah, and the boomerang was actually in Child Spirit, and I'm pretty sure Spirit was double Wailier in that seed, so they got the boomerang in Wailier, double Wailier Spirit, so why would you not chase that? So they both got... Uh, Gav got letter a bit earlier before Mr. Mario. He went into, into Jabu, Stone Jabu, and it was absolutely nothing in there. So you come out of that, you're like, well, where do I go from here? Ice Cavern was the only feasible play. It had a chance of having your song for a strength two hinted at on Frogs 2. So he went to Ice Cavern. Mr. Mario gets letter about when Gav is almost done with Jabu, and he basically follows Gav all the way. And then Ice Cavern has the last song for Frogs 2. For the double spirit with here, which was Hammer and Irons, where we're a bit higher. This race was surprisingly close, though. Uh, Mr. Mario lost to Gav by about 2 minutes and 50, and the final time was 3.18.55. Yeah, kind of another, like... I it, Like, it's funny looking at this being slower than some of the previous, like the NA Weekly and stuff, but I guess the big thing here is that pretty much everyone got baited at this point, whereas in the Weekly, it was pretty... You know, you could dodge it. You could reasonably dodge it. In this, it's... They both got the boomerang, and of course you're going to chase that. Yeah, spirit double with here. There's no way you don't chase it, I feel. <laughs> but as it is, yeah, Gavaroni takes the win and moves on to face Killer App or Duke in the next round. And talking of which, uh, the loser of the next race faces the winner of Gavaroni versus Duke or Killer App. Machilla versus Marco. This one was kind of weird because most of this race rode on one thing and one thing alone is that going through river mark that marco already had done where hookshot was in the open grotto in river mochilla missed the hook uh, missed, he dropped his chicken and said screw it i'm not not gonna get my go get my chicken back and he skipped that uh zoro's river grotto and it destroyed him the whole seed because he, I mean, the other hookshot was accessible, but they, they needed the long shot as it was a all dungeons for Song of Storms on and Hammer being on Frogs 2. Again, another Frogs 2 seed to back to back, which was already pretty rare. I think these and, were the first two of the tournament, right? Yeah, it was the first two of the tournament, I think. So. And to basically had to do everything in the seeds. So of course Marco is just gonna excel in these kinds of seeds. He's pretty sure he said he was he's happy seeing these kinds of seeds where it's AD and you do some weird checks or and then you have to do everything in the game anyway, so you don't really miss out on much. Right. If if you're coming down to execution, there is almost nobody who will beat Marco at this point. If I would go as far as to say there is nobody who will beat Marco at this point. Unless, yeah, unless somebody's really close in execution, like the other gods, and right. they get like one lucky thing go their way. Yeah, 
But for the most part, this was always... I think Marco was always going to be favoured anyway, and as soon as you get a seed where you have to full clear the entire world, like, you're asking for a lot at that point. So yeah, Marco ended up winning. Unfortunately, Mochilla missed that hook shot really early, but Marco won with a 248-42. And like you said, Mochilla will face the winner of Gavaroni or Killer App Juke, and Marco will face What the Hell's Our Engineer. So... The closing stages got some big matches coming up there. It's yeah, it's starting. It's all the it's already starting the climax a little bit. So, alrighty. So back into the losers bracket for the next match, and it was Glitchy versus Phoenix Feather. And so, I I don't know how much I can say about this race because for the most part it was, you know, they they kind of went different routes and then met up a couple of times and, um. Glitchy got the hook shot far earlier with the target in the woods, which Phoenix didn't do because he didn't have a slingshot at the time. But then goes over to Ice Cavern later, finds the hook shot along the way. Ice Cavern ended up being required, so they both did that eventually. And then in the water temple, they got so they got the long shot in forest. Glitchy went into water and then left without the boss key. Forgetting that he had Song of Time. <laughs> um, whereas Phoenix obviously goes in, beats water and moves on. Glitchy goes off thinking it's all dungeons or something. And yeah, uh, from, uh, there's no coming back from that. Uh-huh. It was it was extremely weird because it's a very rookie mistake to not know you have a song. Yeah, it's still it's weird. Glitchimon ended up losing to Phoenix Feather because of that silly mistake. I feel like it's one of those things where Glitchy has a reputation in this community, and you could not. I don't think anyone would argue if you said that this was a hundred percent in character for Glitchy to just <laughs> forget he had Song of Time and lose because of it. Yeah. Yeah, Phoenix will move on there to face. Uh, there's a bit of a train building up there, but Zeph, ATZ, or Namaha wait in the next round. So Phoenix will just be waiting for those to come through after winning with a 227. Alrighty, onto the uh, onto the main topic then, onto this multi world. So I feel like a lot of this is going to be us throwing questions your way, Cubs. Go for it. Um, I know there was a a lot of preparation, a lot of planning behind the scenes and kind of, I guess, walk us through the early stages. Like, how did this kick off? Where did this all come into motion and build up? Well, it, it started, this is feeling weird to say, in the multi-world tournament back in, what, June, July? Something like that. Uh, the never-ending tournament at this point? Uh, after doing Spike's first match, uh, in the... In, in the interview section, he said he wanted to try and get a giant multi-world together at uh, over 100 people at the end of the tournament, hopefully just everyone involved. And he later, about a month later, ended up setting it as a sub-goal on his channel that, because people on his channel are insane, they ended up meeting like three days later. So... It just kind of sat there and really did nothing until 
I, I mean, I was interested in being a part of it, so I approached him at GDQ about seeing if you need any help to get the start, and it just kind of ran from there. I never knew that it actually came from that interview, because I remember being in that call, because we were their first opponents in the multi-world tournament, and I remember being in that call and thinking like, hey, this is a really good idea, and then it just kind of trailed off, it just kind of fizzled out, and it's kind of nice to see that kind of come back on it, so I actually pick up and really bring a lot of people together in throughout. There were a de- I mean, I would say a decent amount of the people who signed up were from the multi-world tournament, but you got people from all over, people who were involved in the, in the previous large one, random big-name streamers, ra- random people no one had ever heard of. They just all kind of came together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, it was, it was really interesting seeing kind of different names from different parts of the community, and there'd be a lot of people that you kind of, you knew this name, but you didn't know them from OOT, or this is somebody who you vaguely recognize and you might have seen playing a few times, but they're not a big, big name, and people who are very well-known in the racing community, people who are very well-known in the multi-world side of things, kind of brought a lot of people together for it. Well, the the running joke we had was that there was going to be a 50 to 60 person Link to the Past multi-world going on during BK mode, because there were so many people from the Link to the Past community that you don't really ever see playing Ocarina of Time, but uh, they just ended up showing uh, signing up for this whole thing. How many people did sign up in the end? Because I know, so not everyone who signed up did end up in taking part. How many people did the sign-up sheet end up at? The most we ended up with, well, let me start with this. When we originally created this, me and Spike, we had 100 slots. Maybe we might have to raise it to 120, 130. Uh we had 95 people signed up after, or we had 50 people signed up after a half hour, uh, 95 signed up after two hours. And we were planning this about three, four weeks in advance, thinking maybe we'd have to extend a little bit. No. There were 195 people signed up by the end of the first day. We cut, we held off signups at about 200 for a while. It was funny. Someone had gone and extended the sign-up sheet to 400 that first night, and I nearly had a heart attack. So thank God we we kind of nipped that one in the butt. But uh, we we held it at 200 for a couple weeks, where we could run some connection tests just to try and make sure that this could actually potentially happen. Uh, and then we ended up opening it up to the full 255. I think the highest we got to was 235 or 236. And it kind of hovered there for about a week as people were having to drop out. Other people were taking their place. We were at uh, 210 going in the day of. Right. Okay. And I know, I mean, I know from seeing some of the behind the scenes, the amount of work that people were putting in, in the background to make all of this happen. How many, how many days of genning seeds, how many seeds were rolled in preparation for this? <laughs> One of the issues from the last big multi-world was they had a they had a count, I want to say, of 54, 55 going into the day of. So, great, you generate the seed the night before, and there you go. Well, then people don't show up the day of. So all of a sudden, you're, you're filling time trying to gen another seed on the fly. And, well, I wasn't involved in that last one. I, I, knew, I knew it had happened, and I wanted to make sure we didn't run into that. So... We uh, sat down, this group, 
probably about 10 people just random just people not necessarily people from the Ocarina time community but people who just volunteered and we just started genning seeds all the way from 100 players to 255 and the one i want the lower end seeds i want to say took 6 to 7 hours whereas the higher number like the 240 250 were taking 2 to 3 days each so we ended up spending about 3 weeks generating all these seeds that's insane because who knows how many people are going to show up the day of. Right. You can't really, like, it's some, not something you can just expect. Like, oh, yeah, well, people, like, a lot of people can oversleep. You can forget about it, have early commitments they forgot about it. So. And then there were, we also had a group of probably 10, 15 people that we understand. Life happens. We understand that if the need, if there's an emergency, if the need to leave ari- arises, we had some people who couldn't be there at the start, but were willing to be a backup and fill in midway. So we did our best to plan for everything. And as we'll get into in a moment, it well, all that planning just got tossed out the window. Right. I like So, I mean, I guess the big thing here is, firstly, you said going in on the day, it was what, 210? 210, 209, somewhere around there, right. yeah. So... Gets to the kickoff time, we're waiting down, checklists, check-in, people coming in. And it sits at, you know, it's going up, 198, or 197, 198, 199. And then it just stops. We, uh, we might have uh, went about 15, 20 minutes longer than we had planned on, just waiting for one more person to check in to make it an even 200, but... Did not happen, unfortunately. So yeah, the uh, the one nine nine multi world, which to be fair, the biggest before this was fifty four. We'll, we'll put that into some perspective on yeah. that, I guess. And we did that two weeks ago, planning for this. <laughs> right, <laughs> so that was one of the preparations for this, wasn't it? Jeez. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest one before that was was that the four twenty one, the April twentieth. Yeah, that was that was the previous one. I think they ended up at 51 that day. And that was about the last thing that went right uh for that for this multi-world yesterday. Right. So for everyone who wasn't involved in this, um I can say this from the player end, you know, we were assigned into groups. We all had our numbers. Numbers were part of our Discord name, so everyone could ping everyone just based on player number or their username. Uh it was all Set up very neatly there. Um, and we kind of... We were split into groups so that there was easier communication. Each mod was assigned a group. We could talk directly to our mod if there was a problem. And they could help us resolve it without it going to just every mod trying to deal with everything at once. And the, the whole idea was just to... The hardest part of this was going to be checking that every just doing the hash and file checks everyone has the right seed everyone has the right player number and then getting everybody into the room right getting everyone into the room (laughs) yes uh funny story about that um so when you have 200 people trying to connect to your computer turns out your isp uh might think you're under a ddos attack and might just completely shut everything down which is what happened to Raikaru as our host. <laughs> that's that's so dumb. 
the stories yeah. of this were spectacular because we you know like the first announcement comes through where it's like hey it's starting to lag not everyone could connect at once you might have killed raikari's bizhawk let's try Every, it again everything worked fine probably the first 150 160 people entered the room one of the we had made some changes admittedly they were while they were good changes we could have they were put in the night before and they were tested as much as they could be but there was no way to test on this scale so one of the one of the things that had been added was a ready button just to tell people that you're ready which was working just fine up until we hit about the 170 180 player mark when that happened every time someone clicked ready it it uh locked up Rikaru's Bizhawk and people would suddenly start getting kicked from the room so we got to 198 at one point and then the room dies yeah that was very heartbreaking as it took it it didn't take a minute to get everybody in the room you have to like slowly go in to make sure it doesn't overlap in each other and getting all the way to the end and then uh uh like yeah it was a first wave of very like ugh this like I'm I'm sure a lot of people thought why did I sign up for this I knew this would have happened but you know everybody powered through the first one so Rikaru is on the phone with his ISP none of us can get through finally he gets everything worked out with that so we start bringing in people quite literally one at a time I mean it was really two at a time because any more than four or five people connecting at once was just absolutely killing his network connection. And yet, right as we got to that 180, 185, 190 mark, people started going again. So I think we just absolutely hit the limits. While you, theoretically, you can get to 255 people connected at once, and potentially more, but we're not going to go into that right now. Um, it seems to be that it hit the script itself hit it hit its limit about 185 190 right it was a really interesting scene from our end where it was like people are coming in one at a time and it's like the first one goes in and there's like some problem and everyone needs to like restart bizhawk bring everything up again refresh all the rooms get all that going and it's like all right we've got rapid fire one in one in one in one in and it's like oh it's obviously going pretty smoothly and then it gets towards the end and we're just like most of us are sat in the room waiting we're just like Oh no, three people just dropped. Oh no, another four people just dropped. And we're going on about two hours of setup time at this point. Yeah, if not more. Yeah. So, we finally get to the end of the list, and we're at like 197, 198. People have kicked or trying to get back. Everybody's counting down this chord. We finally get to 199, and Rikaru's Bizhawk starts stuttering. Thankfully, it recovered and no one got kicked from the room. We actually got it started. The fact that we actually even got it started. We got we're yeah. 20 minutes of beautiful 200-player multi-world. <laughs> it was great. We got... I got to Lama Ranch. <laughs> I don't know how. I got first try B1 skip and first try broken stick. No, no idea how that happened with that many people involved. I didn't even try. I didn't even want to try. <laughs> uh, honestly, I was expecting everything to die out as soon as everybody went into Mido's house. Yeah. I know a lot of us were making jokes of like, you know, uh, people were saying they were just going to stand at the start for like a good five minutes until all the items had been sent out and then go. Um, 
others were saying that they were just going to like rush straight to chickens anyway. What and we there were a couple disconnects here and there in those for those 15 20 minutes, but there are ways to spawn items uh and potentially resync force a resync. So we felt pretty okay if things were missed early that we could get them later. The problem with that being yeah. that when Raikari's computer dies again, there's not a whole lot that can happen. Um, yeah. What killed it, funnily enough, that ready button, four people that had gotten kicked in those first 15-20 minutes all readied up at the exact same time. And the way it's been coded, and it's being looked into, it's going to be either fixed or removed. They all sent a message to Raikaru's BizHawk at once, which then tried to send that message out to all 199 people at the same time. And his yeah. PC basically went boom. You <laughs> can out. imagine how well that works. Yeah, BizHawk trying to send out like 800 messages on one client is not going to go well. Yeah. So um, this is where I need to bring this up. There were... Myself... The mod team, myself, there were some very nasty, very hurtful things said while we were trying to recover from this from this crash. There's no excuse for it. I was a giant idiot with what I said. I cannot defend it. I can only offer my apologies to those those involved. Anyone who anyone who would like to come speak to me about it, please by all means do. I, I, I can't offer this as an excuse. I can only say we were all under an immense amount of stress, and I let it get to me, and I did some things that I... I said some things that I greatly regret. Right, and... And not just a mod team that was kind of being a bit stressed and fed up, like... After 20 minutes of playing, and then it just crashes again, I can probably, like... I, I want to say, like, probably a third of a lot of the players are just... Exha like exhausted of playing and for 20 minutes and like five hour setups and it just goes crashing down your motivation goes down a lot of people were very exhausted very exasperated um yeah okay i can understand that it's it like doesn't excuse it but it explains it is the way i would always think about it but so at that point you know we do a check we see who's Who's still in? Who wants to dip? Who wants to keep going? Thankfully, those those 100 player to 255 player seeds that were genned days in advance came in really useful at this point. Yeah, because about 80 of us dropped, including myself, because I was not I was not feeling to continue. And we had the option, like, no, no harm, no foul. Like, I honestly think that if everybody tried to stick again, I think it would have just been a, a hellfire I we, don't think we struggled worked. we struggled with 117 we yeah. we ended up on 117 for that and we struggled connecting with that but it was better it it worked um there was one crash a few hours in and major major credit to test runner for this showed up part way through that and pretty much as soon as it crashed was just like all right send out this file to everyone I've upgraded, I paid to get the server upgraded, and I've just, like, here's a new file to get everything going. So... There's, yeah, there's no way it would have gotten back up. Because 
I, I'm sure it, it took us an hour, an hour and a half the first time it went down just to get everyone back in the room. And it probably would have taken just as long, if not for him. Right, for the record, we had Raikari's computer crashed, I think, three times, the first of which triggered a Windows update. Oh, God. <laughs> as if things couldn't get any better. Oh, hey, not only is your ISP DDoSing you, here's a Windows update. Enjoy. Right, then there was the ISP DDoS protection. Then, uh, did, didn't Test Runner's server get overloaded at one point? I think that got broken. We did that several times in the okay. run-up to this event, where we actually overloaded the back-end server that has all of the Lua connections. So there's actually a decent chance we took it down for everybody playing Multiworld for a decent amount of time yesterday. Unbelievable. Um, there was also the Google Doc that everyone was oh initially meant to be tracking their items on, and what your way of the heroes were, and what you it, sent to people, and what you were missing. You, you had, everyone had their own sheet. Every, they all tied into a, ma a master summary sheet. You just put in your medallions, your items. It's great. Everyone can see where everyone is. Until we give out the sheet, and all of a sudden, Google, for some inexplicable reason, starts locking everyone out of the sheet. It turns out Google doesn't like uh, 200 people trying to connect and edit at the same time, so it set it to view only. It either wouldn't load, or it set it to view only for like all of these people. So everyone's going into it, refreshing it at the same time, which then obviously locks it up for more people. Which then causes everyone to request access. Now, I have it tied to my Google account. For every single person that requested access, I got an email from Google. I got the same email forwarded to my main email account, and I got a notification on Slack because I have the Google Discord, the Google uh, Google Docs bot enabled on there. So my phone was going insane. <laughs> oh. I it got at least 100 emails just on the one account, and then the other emails and notifications on top of that. And the best part was when you give somebody access. Well, guess what? Google's going to revoke it a few, few a few minutes later. They're going to request again. All these you make all these plans going in. You think you have it to, you have it ready to go, and yet you find new ways to screw things up. Both techno on a technological and a human level. It's yeah, it's kind of crazy going from seeing all the behind the scenes and seeing just how much work went in, and then everything that went wrong. That and. I, I, we can all say it. There was a lot that went wrong. Yes, there absolutely. I was calling. I've been calling this a giant mistake for the last six weeks. But it's actually crazy going into it, seeing just how much preparation there was as well, and thinking how much more could have gone wrong. Like, if, imagine if people had tried to gen the seed on the day. Yeah, we would be playing tomorrow. <laughs> About the only thing we maybe could have done would have been to possibly split it into races of 100. So I'd just have a 100 versus 100 race. And even if we did that, that probably still would have overloaded the connection on on the back end, on t uh, Test Runner server. But as it, as it was, after everything did fall apart, we got 117 people in. A, a new sign-up sheet was thrown out, like Spike polled people, Raikari, I think, set up the sheet, and those two basically picked it out from the ashes and yeah, they, brushed it down a bit. A hundred percent. It was all all to the barrel kicked in. It was Rikaru, Spike, and Barrel that got everything back on track. I 
it, it, it wouldn't the day would have ended right there if not for them as it was the the 117 was so this is firstly i should say i mostly come from a racing community background i've done multi-worlds but mostly with friends like smaller groups i think the biggest i'd done before this was seven players being part of a multi-world of that scale, 117 of us with a channel with pings flying around, you know, I found this, it's Way of the Hero, is this one of your medallions? Like, oh, I got you this item, or who the hell just got me my bomb bag, finally? I was like three hours without a bomb bag, I was mad. <laughs> without explosives, not even chews. Um, and I got a five pack. Seeing all of that flying around, though, is such an experience, it is... I'm glad that something did happen with it all because it was it was worth it in the end. It felt like it was worth that payoff. And to be honest, for the people who were at that point exhausted, fed up, done with it, I'm sure it was worth dipping out at that point. I can understand people taking both ends and I'm glad I stuck with it personally. And... It's hard to ask people to block off an entire day. I, I understand that. Looking back on it, I could have done more. The mods could have done more to prepare for this eventual... Not, not that we could have prepared for the tech issues, but to prepare on, on the human side. What if something goes wrong? We did all we could to prepare for the tech issues. We did not pre uh, prepare for that. Because I don't think any of us thought it was going to take, in a five, six hour period, we would play for 15 minutes. Right. Like, I think everyone expected some setup time and, you know, a lot of connection trouble. And we were expecting, you know, staggered connections and that kind of thing. That's two hours at most. Not, not five or six yeah i think one of the biggest things for all this is you know kind of a where do we go from here and that is that is absolutely one of those things is there is such it's such a huge scale project that there was some stuff that was completely unforeseeable until now and there's some stuff that maybe was just a bit short-term spur of the moment kind of stuff I think lessons were learned after the last large one in April. And we did our best to learn from that, but there's nothing that's going to prepare you for one this size. You do what you can. Like the, the, the Google Doc, we had this great way for everybody to communicate. And it was gone. 30 seconds into giving it out, of, out to people. We just tossed it away. That was how... We weren't required... How do you put 200 people in, into voice channels? Well, we have this Google Doc. They can be wherever they want. We have this Google Doc. Have, just make sure that they can see Discord if we need to ping them. Uh-oh. <laughs> what now? Right. Like, there's a lot that... Yeah, there was a lot that just kind of fell apart in that sense in terms of... Yeah, the Goog who, who thinks that Google, of all things, would struggle with a couple of hundred people? I mean, I you could probably realistically expect somebody's ISP to not like that many incoming connections, but Google? No, never would have thought of that. 
Yeah, I think one of the things as well, like talking about moving forward from this and, you know, lessons for next time. Should there be a next time? Should there, like, how long, how long do we leave it until we're like, okay, we're ready to try this again? Well, without going into too much detail, there is a, re a planned multi-world rewrite coming. And one of the goals is to both open it up to more platforms, not, uh, just not just emulators, but and we, we can dream one day about having multi-world on consoles. I don't know if that will happen. We can dream about it. But BizHawk, I don't see another one happening while we're using forced to use BizHawk. It's... It's the only N64 emulator that can that can run Lewis scripts, so we're pigeonholed into it. But it was not designed to do this. It was the, it's designed for tasking. Task videos is the one are the people who actually create, who create it and uh, maintain it. It's not really even designed to play video games. Come to think of it, it's really designed to take inputs from a computer, and record it record it and play it back. We're using it for something that it's not designed for, and it's just, it's never going to work on this scale. And I guess it's its a lot of work to ask, you know, at that point we're talking, you know, not just, hey, here's a couple of problems that we're going to try and fix, which, to be fair, people are trying to fix now. But yeah. once we're talking at that level, it's not just, here are some problems we're trying to fix, it's, okay, now we need to rewrite an entirely new that's way to play we have to completely start from scratch at that point which that's a lot to ask people to do just for basically a voluntary community thing yeah which people are more than happy to do but there are other things that come first so hopefully the the ever pre the ever present soon tm on multi-world 2.0 i would like to try something like this again. I don't know if I would like to be the one in charge of it, but I I would like to see this sort of thing attempted again, but maybe not quite right now. <laughs> right. The other side to this, of course, is the community burnout side. Like, it was an exhausting experience for a lot of people. I know know several people who were at 14, 15 hour streams just filling time, most of it. I mean, you don't expect to be in BK mode for three hours before you start playing. I, I started playing basically what Pokemon, it was. Pokemon Pictionary with my chat for half my stream because I, I like, what do you do? You've got I 14 hours of just like half of its downtime. You've got to find something to do. I just came up with plans. I, one point, it was actually a spectacular moment early on when, you know, all of the behind the scenes. When I think it was when everyone was connecting one by one for the last check before we got those 20 minutes. You could open the OOT page on Twitch, and it was it was fantastic going through it because you're just like, there's Monopoly, there's Jackbox, there's Slay the Spire, there's Hearthstone, like everyone, people are playing everything, and the only OOT you can see is the title screen. And just getting a hold of some of those people that were in stream. I mean, disc streamer mode is a great thing when you're streaming, except when somebody needs to get a hold of you. So that by itself, just having to go, I, I would say at least 75 to 100 people were streaming. Mm -hmm. So just having to go to all those individuals and say, hey, take a look at Discord. <laughs> that, uh... Yeah. Oh, God. 
it is what it is. It's, we're we're limited by the tools that we have, mm-hmm. and Discord's a wonderful thing, but who knows? I guess that's one of those things. Again, you know, moving forwards, if you do this project in the future, that's one of those things. Is streamer mode is probably not something you really think about ahead of time because I feel like most people at this point either have it so they see the alerts, have Discord pings disabled anyway, they know to check in, but just that extra note to say, hey, if you're streaming, Discord will mute your pings. You might want to check in every now and then. And it's just one of those small things that you might just not even think about going in, but is probably worth alerting people to just in case. Um, One of the things that I know we've spoken about recently was hosting is 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 in the works is there's a potential for an external host who's not playing theoretically yes in practice there comes in with an issue where the messages that pop up for the host when people disconnect or leave the room don't go out to everyone i think the the disconnect messages like Somebody's BizHawk crashed. That disconnect message, I believe, goes out to everyone. Or if there's a communication issue between the host and the person connecting, that them joining the room, them getting kicked, I believe, goes to everyone. It does not show to everyone if someone leaves the room on their own, I believe. So you can have a remote host. You can have a, a computer that's dedicated to hosting. But... Then even now, with the upgrade to the co-op script that we can see who's in the room, how are you going to tell when someone gets kicked? Right, and if there's, uh, you know, there were times where there's a hundred and something people in the room and we're scrolling through numbers going, who's missing? And it's how you just got to spot the one number that's missing in the gap. Like suddenly it jumps from 143 to 145. You're like, oh, there, I found one. Oh, and because these, Lou is a wonderful thing. Every time somebody joined or readied, it would shoot back to the top of the list. Of course, yeah. So, it could be done. It, it it also gets into the issue, excuse me, of while you can connect to a room with a solo ROM, it gets a little screwy when somebody connects with a multi-world ROM. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what would happen if you had a blank ROM, just a fresh game, that the host sets up, and everyone else connects with the same multi-world ROM. I don't know. We could look into that. You could, I suppose, plan no one seed in the multi-world to be just completely empty. Yeah, just plan no one to be vanilla and move on would be yeah weird, but it'd work. Well, I don't even know if you could do it vanilla. You, Because then you're getting in... I mean, the v- vanilla layouts don't work with the randomizer we have to generate yeah we have to generate those on no logic you'd have to just fill the whole literally the whole world with junk with just all of its own items yes yeah that's oh god yeah there's there's options there but it's everything would take some level of work and it's uh, something to think about moving far forwards definitely not a short-term thing yeah, the the limitations we have with Lua and Bizhawk right now, I I thought we had it all planned out. I I thought we had it as well as we could go. 
and then you're slapped upside the head with things you, you could never have imagined. And all those plans go out the window, and, well, people react in different ways, and most of, and then you're not proud of how you reacted afterwards. One of the things I was going to say as well in terms of moving forwards is the communication. And it. I think the communication made it very clear that there was a plan going into it. And then that plan kind of fell through. Because early on, it was, you know, we were all separated into our teams. We all had our mod who we could report to. If the announcements came out, you know, okay, we're we're ready to start this. We're going to connect people this way. We'll do this group by group. Confirm your seed, etc. That was all great. And then once things started going wrong, it was suddenly there were pings to stop trying to connect. But then it would be quiet for 20 minutes and we're like, what's happening? Are we are we going? Do we stop? Do we wait? And there were constant messages showing up in each channel like, okay, what settings am I using? Like, are we, are we back in yet? Or do we keep going? Some people, when someone disconnected at one point, everyone was meant to stop. And some people didn't get the memo and carried on going. And then the ping started jumping from channel to channel. And I, I had the general channel muted and I lost track of half the pings in there. <laughs> we, act we actually disabled posting in the general channel at one point. Right. Just because yeah. it was turning into a de facto spam channel. Yeah, I feel like the communication plans were great. And then once things started going wrong, it just... The chaos started to build a little bit. It was a learning experience on multiple levels. While I, again, I don't think anyone's eager to do it anytime soon. I think after the rewrite, at some point, probably even months down the road, I think another one will happen. I don't know who's going to be involved with it. I don't know who's going to be involved planning it. I think it will happen. And I think it'll run a lot smoother. And I think we'll still find ways that things you weren't expecting and counting on fall through and that's again on a technological on a planning and on a human level there are massive strides to be made it's just going to have to it's going to take the right group of people to figure it out mm -hmm. just like each one is something new for the next one and then that'll go wrong in some way and that'll be something for the next one yeah there's when you're dealing with this many number of people, there's you can the the biggest thing I took from this you can test all you want. There is absolutely no way to plan for a full size. Right, it's it's great going. This script works in theory with these numbers, but without actually being able to test it, you don't know the limits of that. Like I'm I'm a software developer and that's my job. You can test all you want in development. When you get to production and start having production level transactions, connections, things going on, things that work great with 5, 10, maybe even 50 go out the window. You're limited by the technology you have and its capabilities. For what it's worth, I do think the people who ended up playing the 117 for the most part had a really good time of it. Um, there were a lot of people talking about thankful for how much work went into it grateful that they got to, the chance to play in this i i know i was in a call with a couple of other people and we were all like really enjoying it really happy we all learned new like minor skips and tricks i want to say roughly about two-thirds of people maybe finished their seed and the rest 
just had this one item off somewhere else and they wanted to go to sleep, whatever. But even then, everyone enjoyed getting to that point. There were people who... I, I saw one person in the multi-world channel earlier talking about being in go mode at the point where they stopped yesterday, waking up without the connection today and finishing their seed. Like, people really enjoyed this experience. So for all that went wrong, there was a lot that went right. And it's just a case of taking those things that went wrong and building on the things that went right. And then I think one of the best, the, the funniest things to me the whole time, at the 12-hour mark at midnight Eastern, threw open the wolves, let gave the log to everybody so they could try and figure out what needed to be got. Because at that point, again, you, you most people have been there for 12 hours. They're ready to go. So if you, if you want to stick around, you want to finish, that's great. If not, go right ahead. There was one person that I know of who was in... Be, who was uh, in bow mode for at least three hours. It was in his own Mido's house, and he'd had a bunch of subs donated to skip his own Mido's house. <laughs> I remember seeing that come up posted, and it was just like, it's in top left Mido's house, and wait, that's the same player number. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's little stories, and there were hundreds of stories like that. That I'm sure most of us haven't even heard about. I, I, I've i got three or four of my own that came from my, my end. Each person probably has something similar. It's It was one of the funniest parts was going through the general channel while everyone's talking. And you can see all these things coming up of like someone who gets a hookshot at the five hour mark. Their first hookshot and is like, oh my god, finally I can go do things. Um like I say, I didn't get explosives for about two to three hours. And when I did, it was a five pack of chews. And I remember like celebrating when I got the chews. And then I opened my menu and went straight back into the channel. Like, it's a goddamn five pack. Why? <laughs> and then suddenly you're back in attorney mode, scumming those chews wherever you can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was great because everyone has these little stories. Everyone has kind of come out. And I, I was actually, so this is a genuine concern of mine going in was... I was worried that I was going to be in a call with maybe at the time I was thinking it would be me and maybe one or two other people at most. It was, it was two other people. But I was worried that, you know, we were going to be in this huge multi-world and everyone's going to be bouncing around stories and all these things that are happening. And I'd kind of be there feeling like I wasn't involved in it, like I was kind of on the fringes. But that's not how it works. That is not how it plays out at all. And I I come out feeling great about it because everyone was bouncing around stories, all these things that happened. You know, even within our own call, we were making jokes about, oh, let's keep track of how many items we send each other. And the first things that got sent was I got two ice traps, one from each other person. Everyone has those stories. And most of the stories I've heard have been have been exactly that. I do want to, again wholeheartedly apologize to those who had their experiences ruined by myself and the other mo and the rest of the mod team cannot stress enough could should not have happened absolutely should not have happened and we will all do our best to do better in the future that's about all we can do right now but i i am glad that for mo most people involved at least some good came out of yesterday and for everyone who did burn out obviously don't treat it as like a be all end all i guess is the story here is pick up on this and 
accept that things are going to be learned and things will be moved on. And who knows, maybe next time we'll get to that 200 mark and it'll run a little bit more smoothly with all of the things that we'll learn from this one. I really hope I'm able to take part in the next one. Because, I, again, I do think one will happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know when. I just I hope I'm able to take part. Yeah, and I think the question is not if, but when. Like, this, this community is too dedicated to things to just, like, let it stop here. We didn't quite... We were 199 and we got 20 minutes. Someone's going to push for 200. It's going to happen. It's just a question of when it happens. Yeah, especially with this ever-growing communi- community that is the Ocarina Time Randomizer. It's going to happen. For sure. There's This could not have happened. Raikaru, Spike, Beryl... Oksani, Delilah, Felix, Crimson, Parm, the entire mod team, this could not have happened without them. And through it all, I believe my own conduct let everything down, but I don't want to take away from all the work they put in to do whatever we could, or whatever they could, to make this happen. I mean, even beyond that as well, I fail and test runner the amount of work I know they did as well. Just Itarik, Rent Rendon, uh Pidge, all the people generating all the seeds. They there's so many people put effort into this. And we will do our best to do better. All of us next time. Onwards and upwards from here, I think, yeah. And that'll do it for this week's episode on the Gothic Stone Podcast. And again, a huge thanks to Cubs for joining us on this episode. It was great to have you. I appreciate the invite. Thank you very much for having me. And with that, I'm Yoshi. I'm Riley. And we'll hopefully see you all next time here on the Gossip Stone Podcast. Ciao.